What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan. I'm mindset strategist and life coach, and I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories we tell each other and more importantly, ourselves. And join me and my special guests as we share our personal stories of strength and triumph every week here on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or even ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio and tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to get real stories and tips on how to turn your story and your life around. And welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to be here, and I have Kelly waiting in the wings. But before I introduce her, I just want to say we're going to talk today about some really important things happening in the world today. We're going to talk about our mental health. We're going to talk about things that we wish that we knew, you know, long before we do. And and I also love the concept of, as you guys know, obviously, everything we talk about is our stories, right? And how our stories really lay behind everything that we do. They sit back there and they hold our beliefs. They hold our intentions. And sometimes they hold things, they hold us back. We don't even realize what is contained in those stories that we tell ourselves sometimes. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to let you know that you are not alone. And by sharing our stories, it makes us feel more connected and makes us realize that everybody has a story like that. Everybody tells them that little insidious story inside their heads. And so when we can come out with that, and bring it out into the light, it helps us feel so connected on a much deeper level. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the concept of how you can assign a higher meaning to your pain, right? Because we all have pain for things that we go through. And sometimes sharing those stories brings it up again, but sharing those stories can also clear it out. It can give us a higher meaning when we can take those stories and use them for good, which is what we talk about here on Look for the Good, and help them inspire other people's lives and to inspire other people to make changes in their lives to be happier and have um, a healthier brain, therefore healthier mental health, right? So um, without further ado, drum roll, please. Dun, da, da, da. I have Kelly Melissa Reinhardt. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. You're so welcome. I, I'm I'm so excited to have you here. I love your story. We've talked about it in depth, and I can't wait for everybody to hear more about you. And let me tell them a little bit about you. Um, I'm going to share your bio with them. And Kelly's the founder of BCC Evolution. It's a war, and she's a warrior. And look at her shirt. You can't see it if you're listening, but her shirt says warrior. <laughs> and she is a warrior for mental health and has dedicated her life to save as many lives as possible by normalizing the conversation around mental health and suicide. After losing her middle sister to a completed suicide in 2017, she founded BCC Evolution, a mental health and suicide awareness nonprofit, which is on a mission to ACE, increase awareness cultivate conversation and provide education. I love that, Kelly. Thank you so much for sharing that and welcome to Look for the Good. Uh, thank you. I, 
it's so fun to hear <laughs> my bio every once in a while, you know, because <laughs> it's not every day that you get introduced on a show. So <laughs> exactly. And right. And because you run your own show, too. And sometimes we forget our bio. We kind of forget we get all wrapped up in those stories of what we can't do or what we should have done or, you know, all those negative stories that we forget. There's some pretty amazing things that we've done. We've all done in our lives. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great reminder of all the goodness that has happened up till now. So yeah, exactly. And I just love your mission. It's so important. It's so needed, especially after the whole pandemic, I feel like, you know, and all the stats as we we know have increased around mental health and people feeling so much anxiety, so much depression, and just a, a sense of hopelessness that, you know, is this ever going to get better? What's going on with the world and the economy and all that? And so I just thought you'd be so perfect to share with people how you found the good, you know, out of something so tragic that happened to your family. Um, you know, maybe you want to share a little bit about that story and and how you, what what was that story you told yourself that you knew that you just had to start this organization to help other people? Absolutely. I would love to share. And I, so like you said, I lost my middle sister, Carrie, to completed suicide in 2017. And that definitely was not any <laughs> path or journey that I thought I would travel. But I also knew my sister had attempted suicide six other times. And at that point, really in our lives, it had been five years since the last time we knew she attempted and that is why when she finally completed, none of our families saw any of the signs or knew any of the symptoms to listen for. And I ultimately had really shut down my emotions to her because I had a, at that point, I had a newborn baby. I just couldn't go through that cycle of going through these attempts all the time. And so I shut my emotions off to her to protect myself really ultimately. And then when she completed, I had been working with another nonprofit for about uh, five years, probably at that point. And she was really hyper-focused on teen risky behavior, the choking game. And my sister was an adult. She was actually 43 years old. And I just knew that I wanted to do something in this space. I didn't know what it was. But I thought that it would be a great partnership with this nonprofit that I was always already working with. I would handle the adults, they would handle the youth, and we could collaborate. And I found myself really in this space of grief for the whole first year after my sister passed. And I was just going, going, going. That was my coping mechanism. I was staying busy, keep going. I was a mom. I had to do what I was doing. And I finally, what I call a virtual brick wall, I hit this wall and I had to take care of myself. I had to find and reach out for help. I went to a counselor. I took time off of work. Luckily, I worked at a corporate job at that point that offered employee benefits. And I was able to go see a counselor, which was great for that moment. But it really didn't, it helped me through what I was going through. But it, once I found a community, I found this community of amazing people that ultimately opened my eyes to people who lift you up versus people who drag you down. And I found what is called NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. And I did a process that was called the day you were born. 
And I went back to the day I was born and ultimately it was really centered around my sister. I was able to forgive her and forgive myself, which was something that I never knew I needed to do. And kind of like you were talking about earlier, I had those shoulda, coulda, woulda, hoodoo, voodoo, we do's as I call them. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what do I do? Where do I go? How am I going to change? And through that forgiveness process opened up this whole space in my life that BCC evolution was really born from. And I knew that I wanted to make an impact. And I say, even if it was only one person at a time, if I could save somebody's life by understanding more about suicide, understanding more about mental health, then possibly I could give that back. So I went on to starting my nonprofit and gaining lots of certifications, lots of knowledge over the years and ultimately just giving back the information because I wasn't educated before my sister passed. And that's what I really want to give to the world is like understanding those signs, what symptoms we should listen for, and ultimately getting to that root cause, which truly is mental health challenges usually, not always, but usually a mental health challenge is what leads people to complete the act of suicide. So if we can get more understanding and education around mental health in general, then we can actually really start saving lives. So that's what I do with my story and translated into my nonprofit. Wow, that is so powerful. You said so many powerful things there. And I think it's really important, like you're saying, just to, to ed- the education of it, right? And I feel like nowadays, it's much more, it's not taboo anymore, you know, like in a generation before us, you know, where you, nobody talked about that. Nobody went to a therapist. Now everybody is kind of going to a therapist, right? But are we talking about the right things, you know? Um, and I feel like the younger generation too really struggles. They're struggling the most, right? When you look at all the stats of the anxiety happening and all these things happening and missing school and Zoom, all these things are still carried over, even though all that, you know, COVID's over. Um, and and this whole educating of people is so, so powerful. I love that. Um, it, you know, I feel like even though we know more about it, we're talking about it, but I'm sure, I'm not sure people still really understand what's behind it. And what does it mean if somebody says that, or if they say, you know, um, I wish I weren't here, you know, and those subtle little things. Cause I think we all at some point in our life feel so down that we, those thoughts pass through our minds. Right. But probably the majority of us don't act on it or, you know, we, we say something to ourselves like this is going to pass, whatever. What do you think is the most important thing um, that you would tell somebody to look for in somebody else. I and that's a great point too is that we just don't have enough information most of the time before somebody passes and then it's that retrospect of oh wow now I notice this and I can really only talk from well I can talk from my experience with my sister of the Christmas before she passed, she, my sister was very upkept. Anytime we had um, family holidays, she would do her hair, look really nice. And I remember the Christmas before that she looked really disheveled and her hair was all over the place. Um, my sister was diagnosed with MS a year prior to her dying. And I know she had a lot of pain and there was a lot around that also, but she was a caregiver for a paraplegic 
and also a CPR instructor. And so she was that giver. She gave, 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 gave. And I truly believe that she didn't have much left for herself. And so I look in retrospect of that Christmas and just seeing how disheveled she looked and I didn't notice anything. I just didn't recognize them. And those are some of the things that I do talk about today is really we all have a baseline as a human. We have our baselines and we're really looking for those extremes, whether they're up or down Mm -hmm. and specifically mood shifts. So somebody going from maybe they've been experiencing depression for quite some time, but then all of a sudden they're really happy. And I know that oftentimes as either caregivers or parents or whomever might be around this person, we in that space, we almost feel like it's like a breath of fresh air because we're like, oh, they're getting better. Like they're going to do better. They're they're acting like they're happy and all these things. But really those extreme shifts are the things that we want to watch out for because now most of the time, and this is not an always thing, but most of the time now they have a plan. They've come to terms with what they're about to do, and it feels really peaceful for them. And that seems really hard for us, of course, those of us taking care of them, but now they know what they're going to do. And those are sometimes the things that we miss. And that can be reversed too. If they're like happy-go-lucky, then all of a sudden drop into a depression or a sadness Um, Those are the things that we want to watch out for and or what I talked about with my sister, really that person that is very kept and then all of a sudden really looking disheveled or maybe not showing up in the same manner that they did before. And those are some of the subtle things that we can be on the lookout for. But Mm -hmm. it's really it's hard. Like it's I honestly, like it is the hardest thing with anybody that is close to you. I still struggle with it. And I'm six years in after my sister passed and I still, the people that are closest to me, I struggle with asking the right questions or noticing those signs and asking about it versus just being like, oh, it's just another day or, oh, you know, that's normal. But Um, that's things that we can be on the lookout for and you can get educated to learn more. And really it's about those, the noticing skills. That's what Mm -hmm. I call them. The noticing skills. I love that. Noticing skills is a great thing in the world anyways, because I feel like our communication skills, we've sort of gone, we've downgraded, especially this younger generation because of our iPhones and the lack of this, you know, one-on-one. So, um, I'd love to take that a step further and I think people might be asking, okay, so if you notice it, then what are you supposed to do? Or do they want, what is their goal? Do they want that to be noticed? Do they want to talk about it? Do they want somebody to call them out and say, hey, you just don't seem like yourself. What's going on? Yeah, I I mean, I truly believe in what I've found through <laughs> all the certifications and classes and all those things that right. I've taken over the years is that that is the biggest thing. They want to be noticed. They want to be recognized. They want to they want to have their feelings validated. And oftentimes it comes off as being what I used to call my sister. I called her my crazy sister, my overdramatic sister. Those were the words that I used 
about her because I didn't understand, but it was that outward um, signs really that she was trying to give the verbal uh, cues to us that we didn't really recognize. And most of the people that I've talked to and that I've helped through the work that I do have merely said to me, thank you for being willing to listen. Thank you for being willing to ask me the question when you noticed that I wasn't doing okay. Mm -hmm. And so those are the powerful things that you can do. And one of the most powerful tools that you can use is silence. Mm. Merely being present for that person to be able to communicate their feelings without you judging them without you trying to fix them because Mm -hmm. they don't need to be fixed. They're not Mm -hmm. broken, but merely just listening and creating and being, um, being okay in that silence and not being worried about what they're going to say, because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth, but sometimes that's just what they need is to be able to fully express whatever's going on in their mind and not be judged, whether it's suicidal thoughts or maybe they are experiencing things like hallucinations or delusions, or um, there's lots of other mental health challenges that um, go along with um, things that you, that might come out of their mouth. And so just being able to express exactly how they're feeling without feeling like somebody's going to try to fix them or judge them can be really, really powerful. I love that. I just love that. I think it's really huge. And you know what I've found? I don't know if you agree with this. You know, we say validate the feelings. I think people have a hard time because it's actually they're being triggered on their own emotions. So they don't want to ask because they don't want to be triggered because it's hard, right? It's hard to hear what they have to say. Especially, I think if you're a parent, you love them deeply, it, it hurts, you know? And so I find that a lot of times people don't really understand what validation really means, you know, because they want to jump into the fix because it's uncomfortable for them. So I think there's a certain amount of self-work you have to do before you go to that person, right? So make sure you're in a clear place. You're in a good place. You're not annoyed by their behavior like you're discussing, which is easy to do. Um, And just being open to being able to be like, wow, that sounds really hard. Wow. That must feel like, you know, and that's really where the validation happens. And it's a skill that I don't think people really understand. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And I am still um, very much that fixer. I want to go right to the solution when even my clients bring up what's going on in their life. But I have to remind myself that I do have skills to ask open-ended questions to really understand what's going on versus putting like my thoughts into their their model of whatever's happening in their world. And so I have to be very aware of just parrot phrasing. That's one tool that I love using is actually using their words back to them because it allows for clarity in their mind. Is that really what I'm saying? Is that really what I'm thinking? And sometimes they're like, that's not what I said. And it's like, no, you actually, those are your exact words that you said to me. Mm -hmm. So 
parrot phrasing can be powerful versus paraphrasing. I love parrot phrasing. <laughs> That's so cute. When you first said it, I'm like, I wrote it down. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she said parrot because yep. parrots mirror exactly what you say, right? I love that. That's cute. Did you coin that phrase? I did not. I actually got that one from one of my mentors. So <laughs> I, I love that because the parrot is, it's using the exact words and then it feels like home to them when you say it back to them. It's like, oh, they get me. They understand, right? Because we're using their exact words and phrasing. I love that. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. We're going to break real quick, everybody, for a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. I know you can't wait to hear what else Kelly has to share with us today. So hold tight. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Kelly Melissa Reinhardt, and we are having an intense conversation. I love this information she's sharing with us today. 
And we're talking a little bit about some tools and tips. What can you do when you're talking to somebody who's in in a not in a great place? What do they want to hear from us? Um, and I loved what you were just saying about the parrot phrasing. Share one more tip that people can use to really make sure they are validating somebody's experience. Yeah, one more thing that I would love to just say around suicide and mental health in general is that clarity is king or queen. We really want to make sure that we're being very clear with our words. We can obviously use that silence, which is very powerful. But when we're asking questions, we want to be as direct as possible, especially talking about suicide. And so the the two sentences that I want to give is if you have somebody in your life that is experiencing suicidal thoughts, what I want you to ask them is either are you thinking about suicide or are you thinking about killing yourself? Those sentences sound really challenging to say, because oftentimes we put in, well, I don't want to put that into their head. You're not. I want you to understand you're not putting it into their head. They've already got it in their head, but you need to use the words killing and suicide other than harming or hurting because harming and hurting are very different than actual the actual act of killing or suicide. And I know it's hard to say, I've only had to say it a handful of times in the six years that I've been doing this, but it's very important to be very clear with what you're asking and don't beat around the bush. Same goes with any other substance use or mental health challenge. We want to be very clear in what we're asking because oftentimes as humans we want to like kind of weave around the words that we're saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it feels more comfortable for Mm -hmm. us but Mm -hmm. we want to get really clear with um whomever we're talking with and who we are really trying to support yeah and that's hard it's just like validating can be hard because like we were talking about we want to jump in and fix especially if we're a parent figure in that situation you know we want to fix it we want to make it okay we want to put the band-aid on it and and those are hard words for us to say but i really like that giving them clarity and just putting it out there you know and getting an honest answer from them i think is really 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 key to what you're saying all these pieces are really going to help people um, and you know, before we get into, I wanted to talk a little bit about forgiveness. Um, before we get into that though, I think it's super important to talk about the fact that I, you know, I think when somebody's going through that challenge and whenever all of us, any of us are down on our knees going through any challenge, we think we are the only one that feels that way. Don't, don't you agree with that? Oh yeah. I I hear it all the time is that I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't know where to go. I feel completely alone. And there are so many resources out there. And that's, I know you talked about, I do my show too. And that's one of the things that I try to bring into my show is these resources, people resources, Mm -hmm. just allowing my guests to be those resources that you may not have known of before. So yeah, absolutely. It's very mental health suicidal ideation, it feels really alone. Like that space feels like you're really alone, but there are so many people out there that experience it. And just by noticing others, you really truly can make an impact on somebody else's life and potentially save their life too. 
That's really super powerful. You know, and then they have that feeling. I feel like they have this feeling that nobody understands. And so I love what you're doing because you're showing them, hey, wait, we do understand. We get this. And I love offering the resources because, you know, sometimes when we're, especially in a parental situation, I feel like there needs to be somebody else saying the same thing that we're saying to them, you know, to kind of validate what we're saying um, and letting them know that they can reach out to anybody at any time, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Youth, especially with youth, because that's where really mental health challenges start is ages. I mean, and it's getting younger and younger, but uh, really age like nine, 10, 11, that's where mental health challenges really start. Wow. And we have noticed that even suicide is getting younger and younger. So uh, we have to have these conversations. I talked to my eight-year-old about it. He knows what I do. He can tell people what I do with my nonprofit. And you would have never thought that I would have those conversations with a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old. But you have to. If you're not telling them, they're going to learn it somewhere. And we have to be, well, we should be that one trusted adult in their life that they can come to. And if you're not, that's okay too. Really, as long as they have one trusted adult in their life that they can share their experiences with, that can really change the whole trajectory of a youth's life. Mm. So you may not be that person as the parent. We want to be, but we may not be, and that's okay. But we can at least let them know that I say planting seeds. We're planting seeds to let them know that they can come to us when they need to and or there are other people that they can go to also. I love that planting seeds. You know, it's like that Zen proverb. You keep watering the bamboo, keep watering the bamboo because you know that it's getting in there, right? Even though they might not seem like it is, they are. They're soaking up a lot of the goodness that we give them. You know, one thing that I found is when I hear my kids give advice to other children, like I'll hear them over here, I'm on the phone. I'm like, whoa, she is listening, <laughs> right? They're not going to let us know all the time, right? Because they're like going to act their worse around us. But when they can reflect back to other people, that's really cool, you know? And then, you know, like, I love that you're teaching this to your son and, you know, he's going out and he's has his own network that he's sending it out to like, and that is really cool because I feel like, you know, it's become more okay to talk about not being okay. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I, in today's society, it it makes me really excited for the future that we are having these conversations so much earlier. I know there's still a lot that we have to get through. We still have the generation that is very, don't talk about it. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to know. I'm fine. You're fine. Get over it, right? Like we have that generation still. But I think people are really starting to respond and say, hey, I'm not okay. And, you know, I really need to talk to somebody. And there are so many people out there that need help. Now the mental health space is so inundated because we don't have enough resources. So then that just adds another challenge on there. But if you find the right, whether it's another organization like BCC Evolution, or there are so many of us out there that are really trying to make a change in this space, there are a lot of resources out there. You just unfortunately sometimes have to find them to 
to get those resources for you or your family or somebody else. Yeah, I agree. And that's a, it's a good thing to point out too, because I think after the pandemic, they everybody became overwhelmed with waiting lists. But I think now I've seen things kind of shake out a little bit and people having more space and more people getting into the field, you know, and even coaches that like yourself that can be there for people, you know, and coaches just feel a little bit different than a therapist, more goal oriented. Um but always with an outcome, always with the outcome to empower people and and let them, you know, go and live their own lives with the tools that you give them, which is super powerful. So I love that. I love what you do. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about forgiveness, because I feel like it, it's a really big thing. And I know it's something that you know well. It's something that I know well in my life. And I talk a lot in my book as well. Um, and you know, one of the hardest things for me, because I had a lot of tragedy in my life and I lost my sister, my oldest sister, when she was 38. And, um, you know, forgive when I re- when I read this quote um, from Oprah, I think it was an old Oprah had it on her show. She heard it from a psychologist and, and had it on her show one time, like a really old one. And I was cruising around. I heard the quote and I wanted to figure out the real source of it. And she said, forgiveness is accepting that the past could never be any different than it was. Um, And that's just so huge for me. I had it taped on my desk for a long time um, because we wished that the, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda stories that we were talking about before, right? The, oh, if only this and that. And it's something that we all go through, especially when we're in that grief phase after we lose somebody that we really care about. And it's, it's letting go of the idea that the past could have been any different. And we do that. And that's the human brain. It wants to solve things. It wants to figure stuff out. It gets in there and it just churns it around unless you have a way to stop it. Um, and, and I just love that definition. Is It's just letting go that the past could have been any different than it was because it is what it is. And obviously, we can't change the past. We can't change what happened. Am I saying that, you know, it was a good thing? Of course not. We don't want a lot of the things happen to us. And that's what I talk about, the stories that we have to get out there about the things that we wish did not happen in our lives. We wish so deeply they didn't happen that somehow we hold out the hope that it could have been different. And that's the story we play in our head over and over and over. So what it, you know, sharing with people, like, how did you find forgiveness? I think on all levels, not only forgiving the other people in our lives who might have taken their own lives, but also then forgiving ourselves because the only thing we really can change is our mind about it, right? Our perspective. Love that quote. I'm <laughs> like, I haven't heard that before. So I love that. I have really, after I had that experience with forgiveness, what I realized the most and has helped me the most, and I try to share with people is forgiveness is not about that situation or that person it's forgiveness is for you and sometimes that's hard to hear and hard to swallow because you're like i'm never gonna forgive so and so because they did whatever it was or i'm not gonna forgive that situation but it is so much more peaceful and easy when you're able to forgive not to say that you're forgetting what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's really for yourself. And I didn't understand that until I really started doing more of the work that I'm doing because there I have had a lot of trauma in my past. I've had a lot of things happen in my life as we all do. 
And I very much so in the past used to be very stubborn and I would hold on to things. And I thought that was my blanket that I was going to keep because I didn't want them to get away with whatever they were doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I came to a point that it's not about them. It's about me and being able to feel peace and joy and all those things, the happiness back within myself. And I have to forgive them and also forgive myself. Mm. And when you look at it from that perspective, it changes, at least from what I have experienced and what I've noticed through other people is that when you start looking through that lens, it feels easier and it helps you move forward because again, forgiveness can be hard, potentially. It can also be easy. And if we can just learn how to forgive, not like face to face, it's not like I forgive you for doing X, Y, Z. It's like in my space, in my time, I'm going to forgive that person, that situation, that event, because I need to move forward. And I'm, I don't want to hold on to that blanket anymore. I want to let it go to be able to really like live my life, be Mm -hmm. happy feel whole. And so, yeah, forgiveness can be challenging at first, but if you look at it from a different perspective of it's for me, not for them, not for the situation or the event, and I can move through it versus shoving it down, then I can really start to move forward. I love that. That is fabulous. Let's think about that for a minute. We're going to break real quick with another word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Hey, beautiful listeners, are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. 
Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you have been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore Human Design for Business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Kelly Melissa Reinhardt. We're having an intense conversation, and I hope that you're getting a lot of value out of these incredible nuggets of wisdom that she's sharing with us about mental health and how to support somebody who might be in a bad place. Um, and we we're talking about forgiveness, and, and we we're talking about that Oprah quote that forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. And the day that you can give up that hope is the day you will have so much energy come rushing back. You were referring to it as holding onto your blanket. And when we hold on to that, we, there's so much energy, our life force, and we only have so much life force in us. And we're giving that life force away, holding on to that, whatever that disgruntled feeling is that we have that we're, we're not willing to forgive. And as The Course in Miracles says, forgiveness can happen in an instant, right? It's a perspective change like you were just describing. Yeah, I love that. And we were talking a little bit about um, you know, some of the other feelings that come up, you know, you're like, oh, I can't forgive. I don't want to, I don't want to let them know it was okay. We're not saying it was okay. We're just saying it's okay to let it go for our own sake. Right. It's like, as I heard somebody describe before, it's like, it's like you're drinking poison, hoping that somebody else is going to die. Right. With when it comes to like holding on to that anger. So letting that go, you get your own life force back, which is really powerful. And just we talk a little bit about shame, you know, because a lot of that comes up when we've been through something traumatic or some something happens in our family. We have a lot of shame around it, you know, and a lot of shame when trauma happens because we feel like we should have, could have, those stories again, the should have, would have, the worst kind of stories, been able to do something about it. How do you suggest people deal with any sort of shame they might have around this topic? Shame is definitely one of those emotions that comes up a lot. Um, it's also self-worth is another one that uh, I often hear. And when you you can't stop things from happening, most of the time it happens and we can't necessarily, like you said, we can't change it, but we can change the way that we look at it. A lot of times when trauma ha happens, especially when you talk about abuse or um, any of those like really big traumas, we as humans, because our brain, we talked about the brain earlier, but our brain naturally is there to protect us. 
it wants to keep us out of fight or flight. And so it veers towards pleasure versus pain. And oftentimes it will take those events or situations and kind of like I said earlier, it like shoves it down so that we're not consciously aware of them to try to protect us. But the best way to be able to move through whatever situation, whether it's the shame that comes up or this um, unworthiness, whatever that word is that uh, pops up into your mind, is to be able to work through it instead of shoving it down, instead of trying to go around it. Because another thing that I talk about is what what is shoved down is still alive and it will come up eventually at some point. Those are things that manifest in our body that look like physical ailments or disease or illness. And it's really that trauma that's now worked itself back up out of our bodies. And so if we're having these emotions with shame or unworthiness, it's really that shift of perspective how do I know that I'm confident? How do I know that I'm worthy? And you didn't necessarily put yourself in that situation or you didn't. So, I mean, even the loss of a person is a trauma, right? You didn't have or want that to happen in your life. It is something that happened in your life. And a lot of times these are the, the feelings that end up coming up. So if we can work through them, whether that's kind of like I talked earlier with a counselor, with a coach, uh, with a loved one, somebody that we can talk to, however we can potentially move through that. So we go from shame into whatever that like confidence or the worthiness that you need to have that's a good base Um that really translates into being healthy and happy and having joy and all the things that people really desire. And our one thing that I do want to mention is that our brain cannot be, say, in depression and happiness at the same exact time. So we can consciously be aware of our thought process. Am I feeling unworthy? And one technique I actually really loved that I learned last year is um, if you think about somebody who experiences depression or unworthiness or shame, oftentimes you see even their body posture uh, down. It's more down and Mm -hmm. they um, are not in that confidence stance. So one thing is merely shifting your gaze from down to up. So you're actually looking up, which pulls your body up. And I like to use the superpower or superhero <laughs> Wonder <pose>. Woman. <laughs> yes. That is my that is my confidence stance because yes. it changes our energy, mm-hmm. the energy around how we're feeling. And we're if we're feeling really shameful, unworthy, any of those, it may be that we need to shift our energy. And when we can shift it up, into whether it's that pose and or just a mere gaze of your eyes looking up can be really helpful. And I'm not saying it's going to like change everything right away, but it can. And if you continue to practice those type of things as you work through these feelings, Mm -hmm. it will really start to shift your whole energy. 
I love that because everything is energy. I talk about that a lot. One of the fastest way to change your mindset is to use your physical body. Get up, get out for a walk, right? Something as simple as that, take the dog out for a walk. You're saying, you know, I used to use that all the time before we'd go on stage, the Wonder Woman pose, right? Just hold it for two minutes. And the studies at Harvard that were done on that showed that it not only affected the person who was holding it, how they felt about themselves, it also, they did all these mock interviews, it also affected the way the other person across the table perceived them. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Um, and it also boosted their hormones at the same time. So, so many powerful things happen in our body. And you're right. If somebody walked through the door, you could tell exactly what emotion they were feeling if they were, their head was down and their shoulders slumped. So when you can kind of, you, you're kind of sort of tricking your mind, but you're also making yourself feel better and who cares what it takes to, to do that sometimes. Right. So I love that using your body to change your mind is one of the fastest ways to change your mindset. So that's really powerful, everybody. So get up and out and Go, you know, I talk about jumping on my little trampoline because I have a little trampoline that I keep here in my office. <laughs> and so I'll jump on it before I get on a call sometimes. Why? Because it changes my energy. It gets my blood flowing. It gets all those good feeling hormones going in your body. And the thing about the mind is we've got to be smarter than it. The mind, like you keep saying, is so beautifully predisposed to look for what's wrong, which is why we have to look for what's good because we can retrain our brains to identify what is working because it's so beautifully programmed to do the opposite. And we haven't had a software upgrade anytime recently, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we really got to get out ahead of that mindset. Um, and like you're saying, raising that vibration because you can't be way down on that emotional scale of shame and want to get up to happiness, which is the complete, you can't get there from there, right? Mm -hmm. So I love yeah. that. And I know that some people, if you really are truly like experiencing depression, you're really in like the bottom of the bottom. It sounds hard what we're talking about, but I promise you, if you make an effort to just do small, actually I heard yesterday, penguin steps. So small, just little shuffles mm -hmm. into a different space. And it can be as simple as getting up and going and getting a glass of water. It can be as simple as just standing versus sitting. And mm -hmm. I know those people that really, really are in that dark place, us saying this, they're like, I can't do that. But I want you to know that you can and if you just take those small penguin steps towards making a change, it will exponentially start to gain more momentum with that positive energy yeah. versus the negative. Absolutely. Because momentum in the negative energy is so quick to get, right? And it has a lot to do with our focus. You can change your physiology, but you also look at your focus. What am I focused on? What am I thinking about? Because what you're thinking about all the time is where your energy flows and you're just going to get more of it. So you have to learn how to shift those thoughts. One little baby step, like you're saying, one little, you just want to feel a little bit better every day and a little bit better every day. And soon you'll look back and you'll go, wow, I'm feeling okay today. I feel, I feel okay today, right? We're not looking to go from, you know, the way bottom to the way top, cause that would be hard, but just those tiny little incremental, I'm going to quote you on the penguin step along the way. And then you'll surprise yourself about 30 days of doing that and you start accumulating momentum in the right direction. I love that. I love that, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us where they can find more about you and your amazing organization and where they can get one of those cute t-shirts. Absolutely. You can find us, the best place is the website. So it's BCC, it's B as in boy, C as in Charlie, C as in Charlie, evolution.org. We have 
our classes on there, which are something that you can go and get educated. It's under our education for mental health program. We have lots of different classes for youth up to older adults. So we cover the whole gamut. And then we also have resources. So right now we are building out what we're calling a trusted resource hub. Everybody that is on there is fully vetted because I wanna make sure that they're helpful and not hurtful. And so we are in the process of really building that even more with people, places, coaches, online resources that you can go and explore and have people to talk to or about anything that you're going through. But I mean, the most or the the thing that you can do is get yourself educated so that you can help yourself or those that are around you. And our website is the best place. We are across all social media channel. So if you happen to be a social media person, we're literally everywhere. So just find us and then you can always reach out to me. If you don't have anybody that you can talk to, I am here and I have a team of board members. Um, I have coaches. I have lots of people in my back pocket that want to help you. That is amazing. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your personal, deeply personal story and of your sister. And I just love everything you're doing to help people in the world. And you gave a lot of great tools today. And everybody, thank you so much. And thanks again for being on, Kelly. It was just a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. You too. And thank you everybody for listening in on Look for the Good. And as always, it's never too late to live your best story. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.